0: This is Nelson W. Piles, and I'm the author for today's episode of The Lift, The Basement. If you enjoy the story, you can find out more about my work and other things at nelsonwpiles.com. Discover more episodes of The Lift at victoriaslift.com.
1: Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Do you hear me? I am Victoria. I am Victoria. Once upon a time, there was a place that became lost. It is a place where story and substance combine, where the reality of story shapes thoughts. Fantasy becomes tangible. This is that place. Those who find themselves here are here to make a choice. (laughs) The choices you made in the past don't matter. But the choice you make now is the one that will set your fate.
0: The elevator door opened, and much to the surprise of Jefferson, he was in the exact same place he'd been before. It had seemed like an eternity that he'd been on this thing, and he couldn't for the life of him remember how he'd gotten there in the first place. He looked out into the dimly lit space before him, and like the other hundred or so times before, had no desire at all to leave the elevator. At all. He looked at the list of floors and punched the number eight. The doors closed slowly, and the thing began to move. Or so it felt. He watched the numbers ascend one at a time until it read 8. Then the elevator paused and stopped. There was a ding, and the doors began to open. His eyes were fixed on the light display over the doors, and at the very last second, the number jumped back down to the letter B. B. Hellfire," fire, he muttered as he looked once again into the vast emptiness before him. He slumped. He was tired and pissed. Maybe, the little voice inside his head began, you should man up and take a look. He nodded and sighed. What the hell, right? It didn't look like anything dangerous. Hell, it was the basement of a nine-floor building. What's the worst it could be, right? He took out his cell phone and looked at it almost sadly no reception but it did have a light function on it so that would be helpful he engaged it and held it out in front slowly walking into the dark basement the light wasn't very strong but it would keep him from falling on his ass the elevator doors behind him shut and he whirled around to see that it had already been called to another floor damn he said to no one He debated hitting the up button, but he figured he'd save that for later. At least it was something different than the stupid view of the elevator. He turned and began to walk. There was nothing at all of note in this basement that he could tell. No storage boxes or tools or even garbage. A basement was for things that you didn't need. A basement is where you put things you don't want to look at anymore, or things that aren't of use to anyone. A place for things unwanted. The attic was for the good holiday decorations and hand-me-down clothes for the kids and such. But the basement? That was a place for things best forgotten. But this place had absolutely nothing. There wasn't a single thing here. H- Hello? He called out, his West Virginia accent echoing in the dark place. Anybody here? He heard nothing but his own footsteps and his breathing. Hello? He called again. He shone the light next to him, and still nothing at all. He walked a little further, and he came upon a door with a sign that surprised him. It was his first name. He blinked a few times. There it was, gold lettering on a black background. Jefferson. All nine letters, neatly printed and looking brand new, as if someone had been waiting for him to find it. He walked closer to it and examined it intently. He took a finger and ran it along the name. Then he knocked. The voice of a little girl came from behind, nearly making him yelp in surprise.
2: "'You don't have to knock, silly,'
0: she said. Jefferson whirled and saw a girl of about nine with long curly hair and pigtails, wearing a purple dress. She looked at him with her head cocked to one side while holding a small music box. She held no expression on her face that he could identify, Jesus, you scared me there, Jefferson said with a nervous laugh. She simply kept looking at him, her head cocked to one side. Um, so you live down here? he asked. She said nothing. Is there nobody here? That's why I shouldn't knock. Again, she looked at him, not even blinking. What's the matter, darling? A cat got your tongue? He laughed a little.
2: (laughs) I haven't got a cat,
0: she said. Well, uh, that there's just a figure of speech. My name is Victoria, she said flatly. Well, hi, he said. I'm Jefferson. I know. He looked puzzled. You do? She nodded.
2: How else could I get your name
0: on the door? cold chill crawled through him, the likes of which he'd never felt. My name? That's for me?
2: Well, it certainly isn't for me,
0: Victoria said.
2: Who else would it be
0: for? I I don't understand this, he said. Where the hell am I?
2: You're with me, in the basement, she said. This is a bit new for me as well, but I'm sure we'll make the best of it.
0: The best of it? The best of what?
2: Your particular situation. This is going to be something I've never done, although I'm quite sure I can do it.
0: Uh, Do what? She turned away for a moment, then turned back to him.
2: Why don't you open the door?
0: She said. No, he said, although he had a nagging suspicion that he would.
2: Let me tell you what happens. She began. Normally, I would play my music box and would find a floor for you. You'd tell me a story, and I do so love stories.
0: So I just need to tell you a story and we can get out of here?
2: I'm not finished. I said normally, although none of this is really normal, isn't?
0: Jefferson said nothing.
2: But you're a special case, aren't you? You have oodles of stories all burning inside of you, haven't you? Reckon I do. Well, this will be quite different,
0: she said and placed her music box on the ground in front of her. Jefferson watched this and then looked at the door behind him. His own name looked back at him, almost accusatorily. So, he began turning back to face the little girl. I just need to tell you a good story. No, she replied.
2: You don't have good stories. You are empty of good stories. That's why it took so long to get you here. That's why you haven't heard the music box. There isn't music for someone like you. Uh, uh,
0: Like me, he asked, nearly choking. You don't know me.
2: But I do. And I certainly wish you'd never come to my lift. So I'd like you to open the door, please.
0: Jefferson looked into Victoria's eyes and found no life in them. He shook. Why? (sighs) Victoria gave a frustrated grunt and shifted her weight onto her left foot impatiently.
2: Today, because it is a different day, I'm going to tell you a story. And after I tell it, you're not going to walk into that room.
0: She paused.
2: You're going to run into
0: it. Jefferson felt his feet buckle slightly, and that seemed to bring him some semblance of his old self for a moment. "'Who the hell do you think you're talking to, little girl?' he nearly yelled. "'Do you have any idea who you're talking to?' From behind him, he heard something move, a pained scraping sound that seemed to get closer at an increasing pace. Before he could turn to see what it was— He felt something slam into the back of his legs, sending him backwards. He threw his arms out and yelped as he abruptly landed into a heavy wooden chair.
2: I know exactly who and what I'm talking to,
0: thank you, she said coldly.
2: And now you're going to listen to my story and not say another word.
0: Jefferson's heart was pounding in his chest, and he decided that, for now, he'd listen. And then, he'd take care of this little girl, his way. She began her story.
2: Once upon a time, there was a young princess who lived in a very small kingdom. She was a beautiful princess. And although she was young, she was so very smart. However, she lived with a very cruel father, the king of the land. He hated everything, including his wife, his kingdom. And most of all, his beautiful daughter. He never missed an opportunity to tell his wife and daughter how miserable they had made his life. He never once said a kind word to either, unless it was in his best interest to do so, which wasn't often. After years of being told she was useless, ugly and stupid, the princess told the long-suffering queen that perhaps it was in their best interest to leave the castle and their cruel king forever. But where would we go? the queen asked. We're royalty. Our faces are on the money. We'd have to live like common people. Besides, we're royalty. The princess shook her head. Father is a very bad man, she replied. It wouldn't matter where we were as long as we were away from him. It took some doing, but the princess managed to convince the queen that they should leave immediately and let the king rot in the castle alone. Or, so the princess had thought. The queen, who wasn't much better than the king in some ways, ran to the king and told him of the princess's plan. The king flew into a rage and struck the queen, not once, not twice, but three times. He stormed off to find the princess. The queen, who immediately regretted her actions and knew where the princess was hiding, rushed to tell her to leave at once before he found her. Although the princess was upset that the queen had told him, she forgave her mother and ran to flee the castle. The princess ran to the secret passage that led to the stables. She negotiated her way into the darkness with a hand out to avoid any sharp turns. She found a doorknob that led into the stable, turned it and swung the heavy door open. There stood the king, impatiently waiting for her. After all I've done for you, this is how you repay my kindness, he roared at her, but the little princess stood up straight. She thought about all he had done for her, all the hitting, all the terrible things he had said to her, all the awful things behind closed doors that he had done to her, things that she could never, ever forget. After all you've done for me, which in no way included kindness, I am doing us both a favour, she said. "'You will never leave,' he yelled. "'But why?' "'Because I hate you.' "'She looked at him and suddenly it struck her. "'No, you don't,' she said quietly. "'You don't hate me or mother. "'You hate yourself.' "'The king looked as if he'd been slapped "'because he knew beyond all shadow of a doubt "'that she was right. "'And this simple fact enraged him "'like nothing else had ever done.' His face twisted into a mask of anger, and he ran towards the princess. He ran very fast, but at the last minute the princess moved aside and stuck out her foot, tripping the king, who fell down into a dark passageway behind her. Quickly she closed the door. She looked around and saw a large hammer. She grabbed the heavy hammer and began to hit the doorknob until it broke in half. She heard the knob fall to the other side of the door, "'What do you think you're doing?' the king yelled from the other side of the door. The princess said nothing as she heard the king. He was now alone in the dark passage of the castle, pounding on the door that would never open. She turned slowly and walked from the stable and never looked back. He wandered angrily through the passageway for days, realising that he did hate himself more than anything else in the world. Finally, he fell somewhere in the darkness and never got up again. The king was presumed dead, and the queen became ruler of the kingdom. She tried in vain to find the princess, but she was never ever found. She wept, but also hoped that she was still alive, that she was happy at last.
0: Jefferson looked at Victoria with wide, terrified eyes. How could she know? He thought. He realized he was starting to drool, and quickly, "'Wiped his mouth.
2: "'So you see,'
0: she said after a moment,
2: "'the king did things out of his own hatred for himself. "'Isn't that the saddest thing you've ever heard? "'A hatred that made him cruel and evil?'
0: "'But I don't hate myself,' Jefferson said quietly.
2: "'Oh, you do,'
0: Victoria said.
2: "'And it isn't an excuse either. "'I'm sort of leaning toward hating you myself, if we're going to be honest.'
0: This snapped Jefferson out of his stupor, and he glared at the little girl before him. Who the hell do you think you are to judge me? He snarled. You let me out of this goddamn basement right now, you hear me? I am, Victoria began picking up her music box.
2: Victoria Bigglesworth-Hayes, a little girl with a music box, a little girl much like your daughter once was. You're in my building, you wrote my lips and you're where I think you should be
0: right now. What the fuck does that mean? Victoria made a sour milk face.
2: No need to be cheeky, Jefferson. Language, please.
0: Jefferson took a step forward. I reckon your daddy didn't ever discipline you, did he? He said, a small smile breaking out on his face. Maybe you need a little discipline to teach you a lesson.
2: I know what discipline means. You never showed any to your daughter. A little girl like me who just wanted her father to love her. And you want to teach me a lesson.
0: Victoria's eyes began to burn a pale green color that glowed in the dimly lit basement. She opened the music box and it began to play an unusual tune. Jefferson's smile faded upon hearing the song. He knew it, and knew it well. Close it, he said. No, she replied. As the tune played, the basement seemed to close in around them. Jefferson looked behind him. There was no longer an endless space, just the door. Everything was moving toward him, and even the space behind Victoria seemed to vanish. The tune played on and on. He turned that off.
2: You need to learn a bit more than discipline,
0: Victoria said, her voice louder as the basement compressed. He stepped back into the door. He turned and looked. His nameplate was still there, the green light reflecting from Victoria's eyes. He turned back and saw Victoria inches from him. He yelped, and out of instinct, he grabbed the doorknob and turned it. Bye-bye, Victoria said as Jefferson pushed his way through. He slammed it behind him and rested for a moment on the door. He couldn't hear the music box anymore, and he sighed. He lifted his head and looked at the room he was now occupying. Except it wasn't a room. It seemed to be a long stone passageway, lit every 20 feet or so with a torch. The passageway seemed to go on forever. He swallowed back the bile rising in his throat and tried to steady himself. At least there's a lot, he thought. Suddenly, he watched the torches go out, one by one, from a distance. Each one made a little noise as they extinguished themselves. He began to panic. As the darkness got closer and closer, he heard something else come with it. The tune from the music box. It began to play over and over, louder and louder. It was the only thing he had ever bought his daughter when she was a little girl. The torches continued to go out. And the tune became louder. The tune was now being accompanied by a voice, singing along.
2: a bitsy spider, climbed up the water spout.
0: It was Kara's voice.
2: Down came the rain and washed the spider out.
0: His little girl.
2: Out came the sun.
0: His dead little girl.
2: And the itsy bitsy spider up the spout again.
0: His hated little girl. Jefferson screamed as the final torch blinked out.
2: Itsy bitsy spider.
0: Thank you for listening to the premiere episode of The Lift. Today's episode featured a story by Nelson W. Piles, The Basement. If you'd like more information on Nelson and his work, please visit nelsonwpiles.com and follow him on Twitter at nelsonwpiles. Artwork for today's show was created by Alex Murd. If you'd like more information on Alex and her work, please visit crazedpixel.com and follow her on Twitter at crazedpixel. Please help others find our little lost place. Share the show and help us grow. The best support you can give us is to retweet, repost, and share the link to victoriaslift.com. Follow us on Twitter at Victoria's Lift, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash victoriaslift. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe to the show in Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or Google and coming soon in iTunes. This show's feed is feeds.feedburner.com forward slash All works read in this audio recording and associated music and artwork are copyright of their respective creators and may not be used in any form without their permission. Dramatic reading performed by Daniel Foytek. That's me. The voice of Victoria Bigglesworth-Hayes was performed by Amber Collins. The lift opening theme music was composed and recorded by Kimberly Henninger and Sean Park of Cathedral Sounds, cathedralsounds.org. The lift closing theme music was composed and recorded by Nico Vitaze of We Talk of Dreams, wetalkofdreams.com. This episode was scored by Kimberly Henninger and Sean Park of Cathedral Sounds, Incidental music in this episode was performed by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com and used with his permission. Check the show notes for titles and credits. The Lift is a Ninth Story Studios production, NinthStory.com. Creator and producer, Daniel Foytek. Executive producer and co-creator, Cynthia Lohman. Full show notes with links and artwork can be found at VictoriasLift.com forward slash S1E1.
3: Societies rise, and societies fall. When the time comes, one society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library, Kettle Whistle Radio, Ninth Story Podcast, Prog Watch, Red Horse Radio, The Lift, History Goes Bumble. The M Writing Podcast. Society 13. Rebuilding Society. One podcast at a time. The critically acclaimed author of Demons, Dolls, and Milkshakes returns with 15 tales of horror and suspense, with Everything Here is a Nightmare. From zombies in the Old West, to a young boy tempted by the devil, from vampires with romantic longing, to an abandoned lighthouse haunted by a vengeful spirit, from a serial killer getting unholy justice, to an haunted English race car. Nelson W. Piles invites you to explore the landscape of fear, suspense, and horror. Take his hand and hold on tight. Remember that whatever you find there, whatever you see, no matter what you might think it could be, know this. Everything here is a nightmare. By Nelson W. Piles. Available in paperback and Kindle at Amazon.com. By Burning Bow Publishing.